Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I think most dog fans feel that way, Mike. <laughs> Worth it. Hey, man, we hope you are having a good day. We are in Midtown uh, in our palatial studios high above Midtown, and uh, the rain blew in here, but south of the city, mm. There were very serious storms, uh, and we were keeping an eye out. Now, again, we're not meteorologists. We're just passing on the information because, again, we know many of you are driving around. You're in your cars. Uh, there was a tornado that passed way down south, guys, over uh, 85 and down past uh, LaGrange, Mike. So, you know, again, be weather aware today. I know this front's not going to last that much longer. I think it's a few more hours. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to keep you aware right. of what's going on. And the scary part is it is moving fast, too. So be aware, as you said, be weather aware this afternoon, especially if you're on the road. All right, guys, we are going to talk about our Hawks. Amazing comeback last night. I'm all about effort and showing that you can make a run. But we don't win games like this. Whether we are in front 18 and we blow a lead or we come from behind on 24 like we did last night, we're going to get back into what we need to do because our poll question is up at Dukes and Bell 929, and a lot of guys are agreeing with me. Make changes. We need to do something when it comes to our Hawks. We will also talk more about our Falcons and the Falcon Report coming up an hour from now. Terry Fontenot, big offseason. And he was talking about – you know, what kinds of players they're looking for, and more importantly, him and Arthur Smith communicating on the prospects during the season and looking at all of this big picture. We'll tell you more about it, but right now, let's talk dogs. Dukes and Bell, on the sidelines with the dogs. The Dog Report is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs. So you put 15 guys in the NFL. It's unprecedented. It's never happened. You had five guys, first-round first round picks. Mike, I know that the dogs are going to put a bunch of guys in the NFL this year. And, again, we don't know what's going to happen with Stetson Bennett, and we're not going to say, you know, he'll be drafted or he won't be. I'm guessing when the camp rolls around, he'll be somewhere. But these are the guys that right now look like, Mike, they are going to be first-round picks. We're talking about Jalen Carter. Guys, he's a top-five pick. How this shakes out, and this gets back to the Bo conversation about Chicago – and whether or not they, you know, decide to go Bryce Young and pick another quarterback, which, again, if you did that, Mike, and you trade it, let's just say they hypothetically, you trade Justin Fields or, you know, and you, you, you get a bunch of picks in return, this draft at the top five is going to be weird because the Texans should have been first. Right. And that would but have they been. Won. Yeah. I and mean, that would have been quarterback. But now that they're second and you have teams that want to maneuver, my point is Jalen Carter may be the third guy off the board. 
He may be the fourth guy off the board, but he's going to be a top five pick. Well, don't forget the guy that when you started the season last year, part of the reason why I think, you know, some folks had really relished Nick Saban being there on the set as uh, Georgia was doing what they were doing to a TCU was this was a year that uh, technically Alabama had the best quarterback and the best defensive player in Will Anderson and, and Bryce Young at QB. And this was not a rebuilding year for Bama. But then by the metrics or by the standards, I guess, that people expected, Will Anderson just didn't pop. I know he's a local kid from the south side, but just for – and maybe that was a byproduct of what Alabama was dealing with defensively. They just weren't that kind of lights-out defense, certainly in some of those higher-scoring games like the Tennessee game, the ending against LSU. But everyone knows his game translates to the NFL. So is Will Anderson going to be the first guy taken off the board defensively? I still think it's Carter. I do. I think quarterback – there are some interesting offensive tackles in this this uh, draft that will be looked at. If you're going to take a tackle, especially a left tackle, that that could be a guy that you take high. You're going to take edge guys, maybe a corner, Mike, if he's a mm-hmm. difference maker. But I still think it's Carter. And this is what, what Todd McShay is saying about Carter. Now, this is going to change because we'll have the personal workouts. We'll have the combine. But he says he fires off the ball with the quick first step. Obviously, he's got the torso, the flexibility, excellent strength. He talks about, you know, being able to have every tool in the box necessary to emerge as a top-tier NFL pass rusher. Okay. Then he goes on to talk about he battled through injury. Is that a concern for you, Mike, when you talk about Jalen Carter for mm. the dogs and, and where you might want to pick him? Ultimately, guys, he helped the t- you know he helped the team do what they needed to do. But is there an injury concern there? Well, I mean, remember Todd McShay got the ball rolling with the character stuff. Remember sure that did. nonsense? Sure and did. then there were literally people. If you guys rem- take it back to when Georgia beats Ohio State on uh, New Year's Eve, some guys were actually making a deal that he's sitting there waving goodbye to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, look at that! Who gives a crap? He was. Just, it was an intense game. They were double teaming him, tackling him on the uh, on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and so we he- just won. But this is the crap that McShay started. So about it's not even to do with the physical stuff you're talking about. I think everybody in the NFL who plays interior line, the more you know, you think about some of the greats. Yeah, you take a playoff here and there. You got to conserve energy over the course of how many snaps in a game. But this dude is such a beast. Was the conditioning a concern for you? Because it cropped up, though it did in the Ohio State game. Ohio State game. I thought he was gassed, but I also thought they ran at him. You know, Chuck Smith talked about it. They they went at him and attacked him differently. Point is, guys, he's got all the things you want. 6'3", 300 pounds. He's got a higher grade already, and I think that's only going to get better as we move along. Here are the other two guys that I think are going to be first-round picks. Healy Ringo. Now, you've brought this up. Where does he play? What does he play in the NFL? Um, Top speed, great catch radius, all the things you'll hear, these terms, when guys start scouting him. 42 tackles, two interceptions on the year. But, you know, I was talking earlier about Terry Fontenot's comments about the kind of guys that they may or may not want. And I said, just give me guys that pop. Just turn the TV on and you go, damn, who is that? That's Keely Ringo. When you watch him, okay, that is what he does and has done for Georgia. He covers the best guys. He's out there making plays. And you just kind of go, who is that guy? Keely Ringo's going to be a top pick. Now, I'm not telling you he'll be top 10, but, Mike, he'll be in that top 20 selection. Now, nobody's talking about him as a safety. He reminds me of Lewis Oliver, former Florida Gator, played for the Dolphins many years. He was a big corner. I mean, safety. In this day and age, you've got to be able to cover those athletic tight ends. So I think there's a role for him. But the one thing which comes up, and a lot of folks, some of the scouting reports already say it about Keely, and again, 
I said this to you the other day. I hate to do the Mike Mayock stuff. Swiveling the hip. Sure, sure. But it's part of the things you have to do when you're going to turn in coverage on some of these super athletic guys at the next level. So either way, nobody's talking about that. He's projected to be a top ten, and they're going to take him as a corner. But it has been brought up. Rusty Manziel's talked about it on the steakhouse that sometimes he does get caught. A little flat-footed. No doubt. Uh, It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're just, again, projecting here, guys, talking about – Maybe the the highest ranked dogs right now as far as prospects. Could this change? Of course. Does does where they maybe get drafted change? Of course. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you gave me three names and we had a board and we just put those names up on the board, these are the three guys. The other guy, Mike, is Broderick Jones, offensive tackle for Georgia, 6'4", 310. He didn't come into the season with a bunch of starts. But we talk about how dominant this O-line was. And think about Stetson Bennett's year. Mm. Who's protecting him? Who's opening up those holes? This is a guy that I think is going to get a lot of run, and McShay loves this guy too when you talk about, you know, he started 15 times at left tackle for the Bulldogs this season. Zero sacks, one pressure. That's the kind of stuff that gets you noticed in the NFL. And, Mike, I played for a championship team and a championship coach. He's a first-round pick. Big time. You know, one of the things we mentioned with Schaefer, we were just talking about the draft job that uh, Fontenot did the first couple of years. You and I were of the opinion, man, maybe Schaefer could come in as a six-rounder and win the starting guard. Wasn't ready. And maybe he will blossom into that role. But, I mean, if you were going to look for the prototypical guard size-wise, Schaefer was that guy. But the guys you're talking about are ready to plug and play. All right. And, by the way, uh, somebody's asking me, well, are they going to have more guys drafted this year? I don't think so. I, I just don't. Um, last year is like a once-in-a-generational kind of deal. You don't do that every year, even though you're reloading. I, I just think all those guys coming back, making the decision to come back last year to play for a championship, and then all of those guys blossoming and playing as well as they did, it just created a windfall, man. I mean, you're like, man, go get me a Georgia Bulldog. Mike and I talk about it all the time. We got to get a Bulldog, and we did. Now, the thing that everybody's asking about, at least yesterday, was what is Stetson Bennett's role in the NFL? Will this guy get a chance to do something? Well, I mean, he's ranked, according to ESPN, the 11th-ranked quarterback that would be ready for eligible for the draft this year. Yep. I mean, but again, the record speaks for itself, the uh, big throws. Some people want to talk about the size, the height, the same things that came up about Kyler Murray a couple of years ago. So do you think he gets drafted? How many times? I mean, why, how can you say? I mean, you take a flyer in the sixth or seventh round. Brock Purdy has kind of reinvented the Mr. Irrelevant thing, right? I, yes, he has. I want to say... Based on that national championship performance, and, and you know, again, well, if you had not seen Stetson play, you don't know. I think that game may have pushed him over the top. Some executive's going to take a chance, Mike. I think mm. there's so much positive energy with him right now, somebody's going to take a chance. Benjamin Albright covers the NFL, guys. We're going to talk with him coming up. We'll find out what he's thinking about all the potential coaching hires. We'll talk a little playoffs with him as well coming up. It is Dukes and Bell coming up. Falcon reports on the way. We got some guy talking. Twenty minutes. Hawks lose last night. Oh, disappointing. It really is. But right now, let's talk about what's going on around the league. Benjamin Albright, all knowing, Mister Albright. He covers the league, uh, and it's good to have you back on the show, Benjamin. Um, NFL insider. I, I want to start where you are, and that's in Denver. All the rumors are about Sean Payton. What do you know? And more importantly, what is the deal as far as? what this new ownership group hopes to achieve in their next hire. Well, uh, Sean Payton is one of the hot names. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be the guy. Sean Payton would have to want the job, and he's got other offers. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh and Dan Quinn are right there in that that plateau, and I would suggest that Jim Harbaugh is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now uh, for this Denver Broncos job. 
All right, we have not talked to you since it went south, and boy, it went south fast. Uh, from the first game against Seattle when the coach proved that he was kind of out of his depth, how, how, make some sense to, uh, to folks outside of Denver. What the hell's happened to Russell Wilson? Well, I, you know, part of it was injury. Uh, Russell Wilson had a, had a torn lat on the throwing side. Uh, he, had a, he had a bum hamstring. Part of that was injury. Uh, part of it, I think, was Nathaniel Hackett and this offense being wildly unprepared for coaching in the NFL, specifically on the offensive side of the ball where they had next to no experience on that staff. Uh, I think part of it was uh, the injuries that, that they occurred. I mean, the Broncos had a, a record 25 players on the IR. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's it's not any one thing per se, but if I had to pin it on mostly something, I would pin it on mostly coaching. When did you know Hackett wasn't going to be the guy? Week what? When did you know? Oh, um, I probably, I mean, I had an inkling after week two, week three. Uh, you, you know, you want to give a guy a chance to grow into a role. I think by, by week six, week seven, we sort of knew that, that this wasn't going to work and, and hopefully, you know, that he could get through the season. Uh, but as, as the weeks wore on, we started to see that it slipped further and further away. And then when you have the offensive line and a backup quarterback get an altercation on the sideline, you knew it was over at that point on Christmas Day. Mm. All right, big guy, there's a big-time coaching carousel. We'll start with, uh, we mentioned Harbaugh, you said, maybe has the front-running gig there for Denver. What's going to happen in Arizona? Because, you know, that whole thing was built around the decision to make Kyler Murray the quarterback, the focal point of the offense. Kingsbury, you could have argued his resume wasn't exactly, you know, NFL-worthy, but, man, that thing blew up pretty quick. Yeah, um, it's it's been a full year coming. They mistakenly gave out extensions when they shouldn't have. Benjamin? He cut out there. There you go. You're back. Go ahead. You were talking about extensions that they gave out they should not have. Go ahead. Yeah, they gave out extensions they shouldn't have. And then, you know, Kyler sort of checked out. Um, you talked to several players there, and they all say that Kyler Murray sort of checked out on uh, on the team. He kind of figured he didn't have to do things he used to have to do anymore, studying tape, you know, the sessions he had to do. Uh, I think – House simply because the bidwells are cheap uh, and they don't want to be paying Cliff Kingsbury and you know anyone else. But don't sleep on Sean Payton. If they do open the wallet up, Sean Payton could be a candidate there. When you say open the wallet, it's Walmart money, right? How much are they willing to go? How much are they willing to pay their head coach? Well, you're talking about Arizona. That's the bidwells. Uh, Walmart money would be in Denver. Uh, <laughs> they would be willing to pay $20 million per year. Wow. wow. <laughs> Giddy up. Okay. That's because yeah. that's the question. Yes. Yeah. And the Bidwells are for traditionally have been cheap for the most part. All right. Um, let's talk about these other jobs. What do the Colts do? We're talking with Benjamin Albright, guys, NFL Insider. Where do the Colts go? Do they just hand this over to Jeff Saturday? Uh, uh, he's going to be in the mix, but I, I don't know if they hand it over to him. They're going to do a full interview process. They interviewed uh, Broncos defensive coordinator Joe Evero today. Uh, I think that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, as well as Jim Harbaugh would be the uh, the other leading candidates there outside of Saturday uh, if, if they don't promote Saturday. Jim Irsay is really pushing that, that uh, Jeff Saturday thing, but uh, everybody else is advising against it. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about just how embarrassing the Texans have been, you know, to get minority candidates the job only to pull the rug out from under them. And the Lovey Smith thing was kind of despicable. Is there, I mean, I know there's only 32 of those jobs, but is, will there be a stigma attached or they're still going to get a top flight coach into Houston? 
Well, um, you know, I think there is a stigma attached to that, and I, I don't think they're going to get a top-flight coach. They will interview Sean Payton, who's interviewing everywhere for leverage, but uh, I, I don't think he actually wants that job, similar to the fact that I think he doesn't really want the Denver job, to be honest with you, either. Uh, I, I think that uh, they're probably going to wind up settling on a first-time head coach-type guy, a young guy, whether that's uh, uh, John Gannon or a Ben Johnson. I think John Gannon is the leader in the clubhouse, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. Uh, I think he's the guy. They really liked him the last cycle, but felt like they couldn't hire him as a first-time D.C., white guy, you had the Brian Flores lawsuit, all that kind of stuff. I think they felt like they couldn't go that route. So uh, I think that they're, they, they like him a lot. He's loved by the McNairs. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a job. Derek Carr says goodbye to Raiders fans via Insta. Um, <laughs> what do you make of this? Is a team going to make a deal and trade for Derek Carr, pick up the remainder of his contract? Are they just going to have to wait till he gets released? And thirdly, where does he end up? Well, that's, that's shares right now and see where everybody's going to land. Tom Brady figures to, uh, if he if he decides to stick around, feels to be headed for Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo feels like he's headed for the Jets, but you know what, what other opening is there for a guy like Derek Carr? And I, I think if you look at Indy or you look at maybe Tennessee, I think those are two places he could possibly go. The question is whether or not they're going to uh, send draft picks for him or just try to wait it out on the market and then redo. I, I think it's smarter for teams to wait it out because they can get the deal they want rather than that pre-made deal that the Raiders already did, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if anybody's patient enough to let that happen or if somebody jumps a gun and trades draft compensation for him. I know we, we've talked about Stephen Ross, and if you're just tuning in, guys, it's Benjamin Albright from uh, KOA in uh, Denver, right, Carl? And he joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline, who's an NFL insider. Mike McDaniel, son of an unorthodox coach, but an offense, supposedly an offensive genius. When Tua was healthy, Tua was rolling. I mean, the yards per pass is the best in the NFL. But what's going to happen to Tua? I mean, are the I mean, do you roll the dice moving forward one more year? Or, I mean, and do you feel that you're going to have to bring in another quarterback in Miami? Well, I'll say this. This offseason, Tua is going to be consulting with medical experts to see if he can, he can even play again. Um, you know, the three concussions this season is – uh, is a lot. He's a guy that uh, uh, he, it's, it's really interesting. You watch the tape, and the, the problem with him is that he's, he's stiff when he falls. You know, he's not a guy that, that they ever learned how to fall, ever learned how to take a hit. And so uh, he's kind of stiff. He's kind of a guy that, uh, that takes hits on the hips and takes hits on the head. And yeah, I don't know how long they want to be chained to that. I, I think Tua is a very middling quarterback. I think Mike McDaniel made him look better than he was. Uh, and, I, and I think in the end, I think that they need to probably pivot and go another direction. But he's going to get medical opinions and see if he even has a career after this. Yeah, it's a great point. Benjamin, before we let you go, we found out today in Atlanta we're going to host, if it is Bills and Chiefs, uh, AFC title game. Any issues with the way the NFL has handled this now? If it's any higher seed that it's not Bills-Chiefs, it'll be played like it normally is. But the idea that if you're a Bills fan and you thought, well, you know, we didn't finish that game under the circumstances and now you've got a neutral site game, could the NFL have done it any other way? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think you could have just done it as as is. I know they didn't play the game and all that, but it was going to be a road game for uh, for Buffalo probably either way. So it, 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 I don't know. You're going to get hosed somebody. I think this just wound up kind of hosing both teams. I'm happy Atlanta gets an extra game and all that, but, uh, you know, for, for football fans to watch. But the reality is I, I think it kind of hosed both those teams in the end. So uh, they, they could have just played it at Arrowhead or played it anywhere, you know, had whatever home team, uh, whatever seed had the better record play it there. I, I didn't really think they needed to find a neutral site. I, I don't think that furthered or bettered the game in any way. So uh, for me, I, I'm just kind of looking at this like, well, well I, I don't know why they couldn't have played Benjamin, thanks so much for joining us, man. As always, appreciate you. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, my man. Thanks, guys. Take 
Cool man. Yeah, sorry about the sale dropping out, but uh, he's a dude who's really dialed in around the league. Very interesting. I think, as I said to you earlier, Sean Payton, I think you just, you know, take, you take the interviews, but man, you wait for some of these prime positions. Don't rule out Miami because that owner is a creep. It's crazy. And by the way, if Denver's willing to pay that, he would get more from Jerry Jones and Miami. I know Pro Football Talk was banging the drum about the Brady to Miami thing with Peyton, you know, crazy. I mean, coaches are getting fired after one year in this league. Some for incompetence. Don't necessarily think that's the case. Circumstances with the injuries in Miami. Mike, what do we got coming up in Guy Talk? Well, LeBron might be going to Golden State. What? <laughs> what? One NBA executive put that out there. I'll give you that information. Now, that's a case in a ring. Also, would you be willing to see Captain Kirk here in Atlanta? Pay 50 bucks? See Bill Shatner? Really? Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> it's all coming up next in Guy Talk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for fun. <laughs> It's time for guy talk. Yes! <laughs> Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Hey, man, it is a rainy day in Georgia. Be careful out there. Carl and I were watching our super twin Doppler here in studio. Actually, we're just watching uh, Channel 2. But uh, we were watching some of the uh, tornadoes. Really bad stuff was uh, by the Alabama state line from Selma over there. Then we had a couple of cells, and looked like it it moved so fast. Before you know it, it was on 85. Now it's kind of over on the 75 corridor on the south side and moving. But, again, be careful out there, guys, because there's some really nasty, strong winds. Yeah, and, and I got to give props to uh, to Brad at Channel 2, all the weather folks here in town. We have situations like this where stuff is rolling through and we're telling you to be weather aware and all that stuff. These guys, man, you know, they're, they're doing doing the job. Ladies as well. Uh, and they do an amazing job. Of course, it's great to have the Weather Channel in our backyard, you know, but right. – but locally, uh, giving props to all the weather folks and the meteorologists and the people who bring you the latest info to try to keep us safe. All right, man, what do we got, Mike? Hey, man, let's start with uh, <laughs> this crazy story. Although this has been floating around the ether for the last couple of days. A story on Yahoo Sports. NBA executive reportedly says LeBron James can be traded to the Golden State Warriors. Is he that frustrated with what's going on with the Lakers? Now, he did come out and say right. he's done talking about the Lakers making a trade. Correct. Um, but let, let, hold on, Mike. Let's look at the standings here real quick. Let's see if the Lakers, where they're at. Oh. <clears throat> well, I mean, Anthony Davis looks great in a suit. but uh, uh, they're, They are outside of the yeah. uh, playing tournament. For what it's worth, uh, Sam Quinn of CBS Sports put it out there earlier saying that, uh, you know, talking to a lot of folks and rumors, and they're saying that, uh, you know, LeBron maybe to make that deal. Obviously, if you're sending LeBron to Golden State, Golden State would have to give everybody not named Draymond, Steph, and Clay to the Lakers. Yeah, they and, would. And that's basically what this is about. Now, again, guys, it's the dreaded anonymous sports executive talking to heavy sports Sean Devaney and a, a potential swap between the Lakers and the Warriors. Basically, everything I just said, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Baldwin, everybody, Poole, you'd have to, you'd have to, let's be honest, Carl, you'd have to just completely just move everything. I, um, and it's not, again, it's not LeBron's fault. Maybe it is. I know you think that he is the guy that created this roster and, and, you know, all the things that we've talked about. It, it, I just think AD, where LeBron is at his career, 
at this point in his career. Mm. When he came here and carried the Lakers that night, right, where he had 47 his, right. his birthday weekend, and then we go back out there and we don't play well and, and, he, and they beat us again, he still has those moments. But this was a team that was built, Mike, for AD to be that guy to lead the way, and he's just not doing it again. And then even though Russell's coming off the bench, it's looked better, but they aren't winning as much. I mean, again, they're outside right. of the play-in tournament. Would this surprise me? I'm going to tell you no. Nothing would surprise me. This would not me. surprise no. me. But you would have to give – Poole would be this, the linchpin on that. And if you're the Warriors, you want to make one more run because obviously you're going to give up a big chunk well, of your team. Well, does Poole really want to be around Draymond anymore? I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. Punched in the face. I mean, maybe they've made up. In I the mean, face. Maybe they went yeah. to dinner and he was like, bro, yeah. you know, I don't know. But for what it's worth, I mean, don't ever rule anything out involving, involving LeBron, and that's the latest that's out there. Hey, man, uh, William Shatner is coming to town. The dude is 91 years old, and he's doing a tour. He answers questions. Questions from the audience. He kind of does his own little monologue about his long career in uh, Hollywood and obviously his Captain Kirk. Apparently, Carl, he'll be playing Symphony Hall here in Atlanta. That'll be March 9th. Tickets are only 50 bucks. You will start the evening with a screening of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and then Shatner takes the stage <laughs> and then he'll answer some questions. Now, I don't know, for those guys of a certain age, it, it was a meme and for years. If you follow some of the stuff on Twitter, they'll put Shatner. He does. He was famous in the late 60s, early 70s for talk singing famous tracks. Oh, that's right. You know, that's so right. So he would do like, Mr. Tambourine Man. And, just, <laughs> and it's very funny. You can Google it and find it. But I just I thought that was interesting that Shatner's coming. Would you pay 50 bucks to see Bill Shatner, who apparently his one-man show is very entertaining? I mean to average myself <laughs> upon you, Admiral. I deprive your ship of power. He's great in that role, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's because for those who don't know, Ricardo Montalban, Chris is our younger, he's the youngest guy in the show. Ricardo Montalban, known mostly from Fantasy Island for some, he played Khan in that movie. They had him in this big, that big rubber, like fake chest he oh, was yeah. wearing. He goes, I mean to deprive you of your life. Khan! Shatner's just chewing up scenery. Anyway, if you're into that, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> From hell's heart, I spit at thee. Montalban was actually not bad at that. And Shatner, that's one of our favorite Carl and I. It's an inside joke. We do like Wrath of Khan. All right, buddy. Kobayashi Maru, right? That's the scenario. The, again, this is very nerdy Star it Trek is. next level. But I'm a, I'm a Star Trek guy, This too. is the no-win scenario, yep. which Kirk, when he was at Starfleet Academy, he cheated on the test. He reprogrammed sure it so did. he could actually win. win. and not Basically, you got to sacrifice yourself to save somebody, and he programmed it so he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And again, we're getting next-level Star Trek, so I know the eyes, Squidbilly's eyes are rolling over in his head. But you are the rare unicorn who dabbles in both Trek and Wars. So only because my older brother... Uh, he loved Star Trek. We watched the reruns, right, when I was itty-bitty. And he was the one that got me into, originally, the Star Trek. And then the movies came out, Mike, right? right. And then they remade the movies, and now it's like the next generation. I can't, It's not Chris Pratt. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, Chris Pine. Pine, right. right? He, he, so they redid the movies, and they relaunched it. And, and I've always just kind of had this thing for Star Trek. Guys, it was only on for like five seasons. I think less than that. And then the reruns ran forever. Forever, right. right. The Star Trek. And, and that's it. That's the, <laughs> That's the part right there. Buried and then alive. I'll tell you, so Star Trek has its own co- pop culture. It's nerdier than Star Wars. It, no, it is. But but it's been in movies right. as part of the backdrop. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like in Boomerang. It's on when Eddie Murphy's on his right. date. And he's, well, they're talking about Star Trek and Kirk. And, you know, the, the guy that shows up that you don't know who he is is going to get killed. I think the guy it has, in a red shirt. You're in a red shirt when they beat you down to a planet. You're dead. Yeah, it's got its own pop culture. So, anyways, yes. But I, I love more of, of Star Wars than I do Star this Trek. But I am, a, I'm a Star Trek Squid guy. Billy, are you interested in seeing William Shatner at the Symphony Hall? If I, if I, paid to, if I bought the tickets, would you go? No. Okay. <laughs> Chris, would you go? Why not? Thank you, Chris. That's <laughs> That's the energy we're looking for. All right, close your eyes, not if you're driving. Imagine that you had a beloved aunt or maybe even your grandmother, and she's she's passed away, and it's her funeral, and she had already made arrangements that she was going to go out, well, her own special way. Okay. A 65-year-old woman had been battling cancer in England. She decided, Carl, that her funeral, she wanted to have mourners, disguised as mourners, turn into a flash mob and dance to another one bites the dust. Wow, a flash mob? Correct. <laughs> So all of a sudden, a bunch of people in the church all of a sudden get up in front by the casket, and boom, they do an interpretive dance to another one bites the dust. That's a way to go out. That's a cool. Actually, you know what? I mean, that's a cool way to go out. I got to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's definitely original. She wanted everyone to remember her funeral, but not for a sad reason. A friend mentioned she told the BBC the deceased Sandy Wood had reportedly uh, planned this for uh, for years. She knew she was battling cancer for many years. She wanted people to enjoy themselves. Isn't that what it's all about? Celebration of life. It really is. Hey, Mike, I got to mention this while we were talking about movies, just real quick. When we went to see Avatar, right? Enjoyed it, by the way. Chris said he loved it, too. The, the, the Way of Water is great. They showed this preview of a movie called Plane. Our flight has gone down. This is an emergency. Survive together or die alone. We're getting off this island. And I turned to Michelle <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I liked it better when it was Con Air. Right. Mike, this is Gerald Butler. Right. Who seemingly plays the same role every single movie, just like Neam Lisa. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. Um, I like Gerard Butler. We met him at Echo years ago when he was making that stupid movie. What was it, Greenland? The one about the It movie, was Greenland. Movie. Yeah, because they they yes. shot it at the base out here. Yes. Anyway, we met and we joked around and he said, I said, How are you getting back to the four seasons? He goes, I've got a bike. And I go, You're not this is Marta. <laughs> and he laughed, he went, ha, as he walked out. But a very nice guy. But let's be honest. Ever since he's made the 300, and maybe you like those White House down movies, he's made a lot of crappy movies. These are some bad movies Gerard Butler has been. He's just the... Captain Torrance, flight commander. How can I help you? Fugitive extradition. It's Con Air! So you're putting putting convicts on a commercial airline flight. And the plane goes down. Shocking. And then all of a sudden they have to survive together. I was sitting there, I'm going... I've seen this movie. It's Con so basically, Air. It's Con Air meets Lost meets Lord of the Flies. <laughs> that, that was the pitch made. Oh, is he dangerous? What did he do? Homicide 15 years ago. Again, dude, if you're not wearing a cape with no shirt on, your movie's going to suck. It's, okay, it's, it's just incredible. The way it goes. Mike Coulter is the other uh, star in this mm-hmm. movie, uh, the brother in this yeah. movie. But I just, me and Lisa made all the same movies for about 10 years. I have a very specific skill set. <laughs> And they look the same. He did this. Liam Neeson fell into the same movie for about five. But again, no disrespect to Butler. Nice guy. Bad movies. I agree. I just, I just want to put that out. Scare the rest of the passengers. This is what I'm talking about. This captain. Get him on board. Let's have a good flight. (laughs) Get him on board. Let's have a good flight. You're going to take incredibly dangerous convicts on a flight and put them on a commercial flight. Come on. What could possibly go wrong? It's unbelievable. Cutting right through the top of the storm. 
the other Squidbilly? What was the other Gerard Butler where there's like a giant grid over the Earth now he in did, the future? He did to make protect a, the Earth from like storms and tornadoes. And oh, hurricanes. yeah, you're right. And I, I spent ten minutes of that, and I'm like, why am I? This is the worst freaking Gerard Butler makes crap. Now the, since the 300. Did Chris? Did you see the one he made with Fifty Cent? What was that movie? Did you see the bank? Oh, the I know bank? exactly. It's, what the, you're it's a robbery about. movie. It's, it's not good. It's not. The action is like whoa because they're in the streets. You're like. But beyond that, it was like, yeah. Yeah. Again, this is Sparta. Good. Nothing good since. And there's your guy talk on a rainy day out there. Be careful, sports fans. All right. And, and I'm just telling you, if you go see Plane, you guys can give us the review. All right. Coming up, Falcon Report's on the way. Terry Fontenot had a few things to say. Mike is not pleased with what this next phase is <laughs> going to be because I don't know if we know what the next phase is. It's Dukes and Bell. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.